0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the I'll Be Back podcast. This week I am actually sipping on uh, Bacardi rum and Dr. Pepper. Uh, Don't know why I actually wanted spiced rum, but apparently I need to go to the liquor store, so Bacardi rum it is. Um, We have Temple football game this uh, Saturday. Hard to believe, we've come a long way. Uh, Kickoff is at uh, 6 p.m., so after months of waiting to get to the season and then a couple extra weeks of waiting, uh, we got there. Uh, this game was originally supposed to be September 26th. Uh, Rod Carey kind of asked to bump it back due to uh, COVID and they hadn't had like a real practice uh, because Philly had all the restrictions and now they could have a couple extra weeks of practice and the restrictions got lifted. So sounds like they are good to go. Um it's just me tonight, guys. Sorry. Uh, I did invite Jonas uh, on. He got a, a lot of positive feedback, and uh, I, I would have loved Jonas to be here, but he said he didn't uh, Didn't know if he knew enough, felt comfortable speaking uh, about the football team yet. So maybe we'll get him for a recap game. Uh, I think he just wants to wait two or three games so they can lose and he can curse about Russo and Rod Carey. That's what I think it really is. Um, but no, Jonas just uh, couldn't make it this week. I think he was busy with work. Um, so I'll do my best to preview the football team. Um, I know we've actually been a lot of basketball heavy, but just been a lot of recruiting news and had some really good basketball guests on. So we're, we're switching back to football. Um, so they did release a depth chart actually this week. So I'm just going to go position, position and kind of break down temple and then we'll get to Navy and uh I'll make a prediction. Not that any of you actually give a fuck about what I care. Um all right, so Russo, quarterback, obviously. Um I mean it's his senior year with COVID. It sounds like he might get a waiver to return one more year, whether people like that or not, is uh up to you. Um I like him. I mean he's had a interesting college career. Uh the LSU rumors of him coming out of high school obviously he's he had talent um chose to stay local uh he's Archbishop Wood guy and uh so he make or break season for him I mean by three or four games into this he could be benched or he could be playing himself into sixth or seventh round draft prospects you know um I do think with um they had Trad Betty is the one backup And Real Mitchell is a transfer from Iowa State, who I believe is getting a waiver. Um, That was announced about a week or two ago. And both of them are really good. And Carrie has said they're pushing Russo. It doesn't sound like we'll have a Todd Centaio situation from last year, which if some of you remember, Todd would just come in games uh, for a drive or two, which I think that actually is better for Russo to push. Like last year, if he got benched for a drive, you knew it wasn't him getting benched for um, the season, whereas now it's like, hey, if he's pulled, it probably is like, oh shit, your starting job is on the line, so like, nut up or shut up here, um, and I'm intrigued by both of them as well, uh, I like, uh, Betty coming out, and, uh, Mitchell's athleticism, he looks like the real deal, um, just on paper, his natural ability, but we'll see, I think Russo, um, first game, and with everything going on, I, I, this week, if he plays not too great this week, you can't Obviously, you want him to play well, but first game, and with all the the lull and everything going on, I think he gets till game three or four, but it also it is an eight game season as of now for them, so maybe it's a shorter leash um i I curious what the thought process is there for everybody you know it's a eight game season, and every win kind of counts more so than it would before when you have twelve games um but yeah, I, I think Rousseau. My projection is he'll be pretty good. Uh, Best case scenario, like I said, is he's playing himself into a late round draft choice. Um, Worst case scenario is we're 0-3 and we're announcing that Mitchell or uh, Betty is playing uh, by week four. Uh, So then we'll go to the running backs, which uh, Raymond Davis, Ray Davis, uh, lead back. I mean, last year had a breakout freshman season. No one really saw that coming, but... Uh as Temple always does, that's kinda how their, their prospects go uh all the way. Two and three star guys and they just make uh make a little push and next thing you know, uh I mean he was a thousand yard rusher last year. They didn't pull the whole I remember when Bernard Pierce as a freshman had a huge year and then sophomore year, there was Heisman billboards for that. So I'm I'm happy for Davis they did not do that because that's just a lot of pressure. Also this year I don't even know if there'll be a Heisman voting. <laughs> with the way the season is um, going. I'm sure there will be, and I'm sure it'll be Trevor Lawrence anyway. Um, backing up uh, Davis is Tavon Ruley and Edward Sadie. Both are redshirt freshmen. Um, it's funny. I think this was on the depth chart, actually. It says or for a couple positions, and I think this was one of them. It was very interesting, uh, I thought. Like, it just says, like, it could be one or the other. And on Twitter, somebody literally asked that, like, what does the or mean? Is that a, uh, like, hidden message? And it's just like, no, it's the word or. Like, they just put that on their depth chart. I've never seen that. Um, But it is better than Jeff Collins, who used to do the above the line thing, where he would just have, like, the above the line was, like, two people highlighted, and you didn't even know who the starter was. Like, last year, or two years ago, it would be Russo and Todd Centeno were above the line. Like, what? (laughs) Who's your starter, dude? but that's just Jeff Collins, uh, wide receiver group. I think they're really good. And this is why I think, uh, Russo could have a good season. He's returning two really, really good receivers, Jaden blue and Brandon Mack. Um, Jaden blue, I believe last year was the first thousand yard receiver in temple history. Uh, Mack also he's six foot four athletic, two really great targets to go to. Um, and Blue is more of, like, the shorter slot guy, but he, I mean, yards after the catch, he can run, he gets open, especially over the middle, Um, so you have those two returning, and I think, I mean, I liked Isaiah Wright last year, which I saw he's punt returning for the Redskins, I never would have guessed that, um, because he just had such an up-and-down year last year, but um, physically, his uh, talent was there, but I think without him, it's the old addition by subtraction thing, I think they tried sometimes too hard to get him the ball, and they... Offense was a little out of sync with him. Um, So now you have these two receivers who, like, they're your go-to guys, and they have performed. Um, So I think that'll be good. Then Randall Jones is listed as a third wideout. I think he will be solid. And Jose Barbon is another guy I think can make an impact. He's probably the fourth wideout on the team. Um, Tight ends. David Martin Robinson is a redshirt sophomore. I've heard a lot of good things about him. He's, again kind of big physical guy, six foot four, 240 pounds. Um, I actually checked his rivals. He was listed as a wide receiver coming out of high school. So I think they bulked him up a little bit. Um, but he did choose Temple over Rutgers and Maryland. So two big 10 schools offered him out of high school. So last year he played a little bit. I think it said he had six receptions for 66 yards last year. Um, but he's a redshirt sophomore. So if he has a good year, you get you know, three more years out of him, Um, and he's starting this, you know, early in his career. Um, so I'm excited for him. And Temple's had some pretty decent tight ends over the years, and I think he will be able to continue that. Uh, offensive line, at no point do I pretend to be an offensive line guru. Um, it's just uh, – they actually just shifted around, all a lot of them. Uh, Vincent Picozzi will go to left tackle. Isaac Moore, who started last year at left tackle, is now the backup. So I don't know what happened there, if Picozzi just um, – Outplayed him. I mean, Isaac Moore has a lot of experience, but Adam Klein, who was the starting right tackle, now moved to right guard. Michael Neese will start at right tackle. He's a grad transfer from Dayton. Shout out John A10. Um, starting at center is also a grad transfer, CJ Perez. He comes from Northern Illinois, and he will rejoin Carey and the staff that recruited him at Northern Illinois. Um, did I mention Adam Klein, who was a right tackle last year, moved to right guard? I think I did. Um, and then rounding out the Joseph, the the offensive line is Joseph Hooper, who was a Juco transfer. Um, he saw a little bit of time last year with Temple. That was his first year and he'll become a starter as well. Uh, so he's at left guard. So like I said, Klein or, no, Isaac Moore, who started last year at left tackle, I guess he'll be the sixth guy. And I mean, offensive lines in college rotate in and out. I mean, it's not just five guys, kind of like the pros are, unless you're the Eagles, and then you have to find a replacement for Jason Peters every year. But that is a different podcast. Um, so offensive line, I think, is pretty solid. There's a lot of experience there. you got two grad, yeah, grad transfers. Uh, Juco guy who saw time with Temple last year. I mean, your one backup was a starter last year. And Picosi earns his way onto the starting uh, offensive line. And I think that's how Davis can have a really, really good year as a running back. And then Russo, assuming he gets the protection he needs, can find the receivers. I feel like everybody thought going into the year there'd be a lot of question marks on offense for this team, but really it's... I mean, they they have... Getting the, the grad transfers definitely helped. I mean, their O-line needed depth, and they got two guys... Um, who can definitely, I mean, they're starting. So you added two grad transfer guys to really stiffen that up. Um, so on to defense. Uh, Yvonne Maje is the defensive tackle. He anchors the defense. I mean, last year he was just a beast in the first, I mean, pretty much the entire season, really jumped on the scene. And he joins um, the... Continuing, I mean, Temple's had a lot of good defensive players, defensive line in particular. Muhammad Wilkerson, Michael Dogby is in the league. Um, a really good group of people. Quincy Ruscha, who transferred to Miami. Unfortunately, he would been a beast for us this year as well. Um, but you got a lot of guys that have come in, and they've all coincidentally worn number nine, which Maje uh, got. So I guess I'll jump to this real quick. Um, Temple does the... Single-digit numbers, um, guys picked, now it's 0 through 9. It used to be 1 through 9, but now you can wear number 0. The guys that wear those numbers um, are picked by the teammates as the quote-unquote toughest guys in the league, or league, the team. Uh, Al Golden started that tradition 12, 13 years ago, and it has continued, and the Temple Tough slogan is for those players. So it's a really big um, tradition that they do. Uh, so some of the guys that they've picked, uh, Randall Jones, one of the wide receivers, Brandon Mack, the other wide receiver, uh, Christian Braswell, Amir Tyler, both of them are defensive backs. We'll get to them. William Cuenco, a linebacker. We'll get to him. Jaden Blue, uh, another wide receiver, Daniel Archibong, also a defensive tackle, uh, Isaiah Graham Mobley, a linebacker and Maje, who's a D tackle. I believe Cuenco and... Maje were picked just this week. They are the last two to be picked. Um, Also on the defensive line, like I said, you have Archibong, who's also a single-digit guy. At defensive end, you have Manny Walker and Arnold, I'm going to butcher the hell out of your last name, Ebikite. Um, I think at the end, they can probably take advantage of Maje being double-teamed on the inside, so I I think they can have a good year. It doesn't sound like they have a lot of experience, but... With, you know, such a... I mean, Bong's looking to kind of move himself into the late 5th, 6th, 7th round drafts block as well. Um, so you have two defensive tackles that are playing for a lot this year and are really good. So the defensive ends could probably take advantage of that. Also at defensive end, um, the third guy in that rotation, I think, is Evan Boozer, who is the younger brother of Cole Boozer, who was on the podcast uh, over the summer. Um, and I, I think Boozer will probably get, um, some playing time as well. And I expect him to get some impactful plays in his time. We'll move on to linebacker, uh, which they have to replace a lot. (laughs) This is the, it's interesting. This they're replacing, uh, Chappelle Russell, Sean Bradley, who's on the Eagles, Sam Franklin. Franklin's on the Bucks, I believe. And Russell, I honestly forget where he ended up. Um, but so you're replacing three guys that... Ended up in the pros. Um, But they have a lot of experience still. It's kind of interesting. Like I said, Cuenco got the... Chappelle Russell's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's who I was thinking of. And then Sam Franklin is on the Panthers. So Matt Rule got him. Um, So those, those three have to be replaced. But you have Isaiah Graham Mobley, who played last season eight games before he got hurt. He's played 32 games total in his career. And then you have William Quenque, who only played two games last year, and then he redshirted. But he's played 39 games in his career. I think Quenque is the one they could have played again last year. Um, at the end of the season, I think he had a hand injury, and they kind of just told him, like, sit out the last three games, we'll redshirt you, and then you can start all next year. Because the linebacking core was so good, and they kind of said you can – We'd rather you start next year, and then hopefully he can also work his draft draft stock uh, higher up. But between the two of them, you have seventy one games played, so that's not bad considering you're replacing three guys that just went to the NFL, and your linebacking core still has a lot of experience. Uh, The third guy is, I think it's going to be split. Currently on the depth chart is again, I'm going to butcher this name. It's. Spelled Y-V-A-N-D-Y is his first name, Yvandy, and last name is Rigby. So he'll be the third one. Uh, I was looking at his recruiting. He was a two-star recruit, but as Temple does, they find the diamond in the rough. Um, He's a redshirt freshman. We'll see what he can do, and hopefully, again, the other two linebackers are really good. So if they get double teamed on uh, running plays, or maybe they're guarding the you know, the tight end or the, the you know running back coming out of the backfield, uh, Rigby can kind of make the play on the ball because, you know, just kind of an afterthought for the offense. Um, also with him is Thomas Joe Kamara. Uh, I think he'll get time there. He's back up on the uh, depth chart, also a redshirt freshman. Uh, looked up his recruiting. He was a three-star coming out of high school and actually had 12 offers with some decent D1 spots. So I think those two will probably spend split time at that third linebacking position and rotate in and out. Um, So on the depth chart, it's called the Bubbo, B-U-B-O position. And the way it's explained kind of by people, including Carrie, is that's more like a hybrid linebacker safety spot. Um, So again, I think with that and the other two linebackers being really good, whether it's Joe Kamara or Yavandi Rigby, I do expect some some good plays out of them. And, again, it's two redshirt freshmen. Um, definitely going to be an adjustment. Uh, adjustment, But, you know, next year, like I was saying about the other two that they have, um, with all the games they've played, next year you'll have two guys who are redshirt freshmen that it's split time this year. And you, you're just kind of building the way for the next group of guys to come up. And that's what everybody says. You know, it's the next man up. So these are the next men up. And next year they'll both be redshirt sophomores and you'll have another... Fairly experienced linebacking core. Um, we'll go to defensive backs. Uh, at corner, we'll have Linwood Crump, who actually just followed us on Twitter. Shout out Linwood. Um, Christian Braswell is the other starter. Both of them, again, plenty of experience. Crump got hurt last year. I believe he ended up redshirting as well. Um, I think the website might have listed him even as a grad guy, but either way, it's his fifth year. And he's played 13 games in the EG, uh, previous Three seasons, so he's at he's had over thirty games combined played. Uh, Braswell has played twenty four games in his career. So again, the the defense has some experience. Um, the third corner is going to be Freddie Johnson, who last year he moved from actually from slot receiver to the corner, and coaches had nothing but great things to say about him. I think at one point he even was uh, in talks of being one of those single digit guys that I talked about. Um, so he's. If he's your third corner and last year he played, last year he did pretty well for a guy who was transitioning to a new position. Um, and now he has a full year under his belt playing that position. Um, I'm excited if he's your slot corner and especially with offensive nowadays, uh, usually running three and four wide. Um, so the cornerback position, I think uh they're pretty set at. Uh, then at safety, we have Amir Tyler and Jalen Ware. Uh, like I said, Tyler's going to wear number three. He's a single-digit guy as well. Uh, redshirt senior. Again, plenty of time with the program. 12 games he played last year. More experience. Uh, and then Jalen Ware is actually a Juco transfer. This is his first year with the team. Um, I looked up his rivals coming out of Juco. He was a two-star recruit, couple lower D1 offers. Um, but Temple does the old diamond in the rough thing, and... Hey, first year with the team, he's starting safety. I think that was another like question mark um, spot, and they kind of got it. Um, let's see. There's one other guy I'm missing at safety. MJ Griffin is a uh, redshirt freshman. I think he's going to get some some rotating moment minutes minutes uh, plays snaps snaps. We'll go with snaps. That sounds like we know what we're talking about um, at safety as well. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, we'll do special teams, although that's, I'm not going to act like I know that much as well. Will Mobley is the kicker. He's had a couple good years. I know last year he missed three field goals total maybe, which, hey, college, I'll take it. Uh, Adam Berry is the punter who had an up and down year last year. If you remember, he had the what the one game it was a seven yard punt against Maryland, and the defense ended up having like three straight uh, defensive goal line stands. Um, so hopefully he doesn't have anything like that. But I think after that he he got in a a decent groove and punts were better. Um, and then they have Jaden Blue as the kick returner and punter. Um, so that's special teams, and that is Temple's roster as of now. Um, and obviously injuries happen, players move up, players move down. You know, you find a guy like Raymond Davis last year who was a freshman, and if I had a podcast last year and went through the roster just like this, I probably might not even have mentioned him. And then you end up being our best running back. So you you guys have guys who have breakouts. Um, oh, so hopefully we can. Uh, Get something like that for a, a position of need. Uh, but otherwise, I, I think the the defense and offense both really kind of came uh, out pretty well. I think there was four total transfers that are now starting between the offensive line at two um, and a cup the defense had two, if I recall. And let's take a look at Navy now. So <laughs> Navy, this is fun because, like I said, it's been... It's almost six months now I've had the podcast. This is the first game I get to preview. Uh, so it's kind of fun, A, doing Temple's side of it, which I won't have to do every week now. Um, but going through Navy's, uh, they've played three games because obviously it's the weirdest season in the history of mankind. Um, they got routed by BYU 55-3 to week one, and then they somehow squeaked by Tulane 27-24 week two, which in that game they were down 24 nothing. And then they got routed last week, 40-7, by Air Force. So they're 1-2, and two, and the two losses were bad, and the one win probably should have been bad. But the interesting thing about all the games is their first game, they did not have Dalen Morris at starting a queue. To Lane game, they put him in in the third quarter, I think it said, and he... Rolled off twenty seven straight points, and that's how they win that game. And then Dalen Morris does not travel to Air Force for an undisclosed injury, which they noted was not COVID related. And then they lose forty to seven. So Dalen Morris is projected to start this week against Temple, and he is supposed to be their starter for the rest of the year. So the th- out of three games he played in one, and they win. And the other two he did not play, and they got destroyed. Uh, so we'll see how their offense is this week with them back uh, as I should have first started with uh, Navy runs the triple option which is the most frustrating thing to play against uh, heavy run although in the two lane game Morris had I think it was like six of ten passing for 100 plus yards and a touchdown which even that by Navy standards is a lot of passing and so he, he appears to have a decent arm, I guess, or maybe they're running the right place call play calls for their quarterback, hint, hint, Doug Peterson, um, <laughs> second uh, Eagles reference this uh, episode, but uh, so we'll see, we'll see what Dalen Morris has to offer. Again, I, I think the defense, I feel like we've notoriously done pretty well against a triple option, yet yeah, they get their one, two kind of big plays, but... With our offensive line, or our defensive line, like I said, MyJ is a huge monster. I think if he can kind of control how their push-up the middle is, and then you force them outside with our linebackers, because I I think uh, Graham Mobley and Quenku are fairly fast for the linebacking position, Um, you force them outside and you get there, I think we'll be okay. Okay. I could be eating my words here, and next week I'll talk about how Navy ran for 350 yards and we lost. Um, so I'm definitely going to mispronounce this, but their Navy's coach, Ken um very nice guy, very respectable. Um, he did have a press conference the other day, and Sam Newman from AlScoop uh, did have this tweet about that press conference, uh, what Neumatal. Talo, Nia Matalalo said on Temple. Uh, Temple seems like they get the, they get guys that are three-star kids that do great job of valuing players. Maybe not the highly recruited kid. Maybe the kid's got a chip on their shoulder, but they come there and develop these guys in the weight room. Obviously, they're doing something well with the way they practice because they got tough kids and they are talented. I mean, they're really talented kids you see some of the guys, like, where did he come from, where is this kid, and then you do research on them, and he wasn't a highly recruited kid, but maybe played another sport or something, um, and then Nehama, <laughs> Nehama Talalo. thank God I don't cover Navy, because I would not be able to do a podcast announcing this name um, every week, so I apologize to Ken, um, as somebody whose last name is McGady and pronounced McGrady half the time, I understand it, I just think I might have an easier name to pronounce. Um, so it's even more frustrating. Um, he goes on to talk about how many players they had in the NFL, and he said that it's just great that none of them were five-star guys, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here for him. Um, and then he kind of goes on to say they've they've done a really good job with the program, uh, how tough our players are. Um, when I was kind of doing some research on this, I think uh, one of the headlines on Google was basically covering that press conference, but from the Navy side saying – but I think the headline was just basically saying, Ken agrees we have Temple Tough players, um, which is our motto, and we're sticking to it. Uh, so that's Navy. I was looking at the rest of their uh, stats and stuff, and I think just because of the two blowouts, there isn't really a whole lot I can talk about. <laughs> I mean, the their stats, they, they don't look very pleasing Um, to the eye, and defensively they don't have a lot of guys that are leading in any categories, that is I don't want to say worth mentioning, but just yeah, they gave up 55 points and 40 points in 2 out of 3 games Um, but like I said, with Dalen Morris at QB, we can maybe hope for a better game I would love for Temple to blow them out Um, as a Temple fan, I am biased I guess I, I I'll give a prediction, I don't know if I'm supposed to, I've never, like I said, never done a a preview game before, we're 19 episodes in, which I'm just titling this episode the Temple Football Preview, Um, I debated back and forth going the COVID-19 episode, because as most of you people know, I like puns, but I didn't want to scare the shit out of people seeing the name of that, and thinking that Temple somehow got like 30 players with COVID, Uh, so we're just going to call it the, the Temple Football Preview episode. Um, my prediction, I'm going to go 24-14 Temple. I think Navy probably scores early with the triple option, and it's just hard, you know, that first or second try, they get a good, good and a good groove, and then I'm going to predict that Temple's defense kind of, uh, buckles up and buckles down and gets in their own groove and stops it for most of the remainder of the game. Uh, Russo probably, I don't think he's going to throw a whole lot first game, in over a year at this point um and with a weird training camp i can't see them throwing the ball going airing it out i think davis raymond davis gets a lot of touches um i am curious there's been talks about russo losing weight and trying to get more um faster uh do they run maybe a read option here or there maybe he gets a couple rushing yards i do not know um But I I think Temple does put up 24 points. I think he might get one passing touchdown. Maybe the defense gets one, forces a fumble, and returns it. Um, And then maybe Navy gets a late score uh, to make it 24-14. I could be wrong, but I would love to be right. Uh, Definitely excited for the game. Excited to have sports back. Excited to have Temple football back. Uh, Like I said, next week we can do a recap game and – We can see how bad or good my prediction is, and we can probably next week talk about this game and preview the next game, uh, because that's where we're at. It's great. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I hope you guys are excited for the recap episode next week. Uh, And always, thank you for listening. See you guys. Go Owls!